0: Hey, out there. Um, Another episode of Have You Heard This? Um, One of your hosts, Craig. We got Andrew over there. Hey, Craig. Hey, Andrew. How you doing? Um, This is uh, an episode we've kind of been talking about doing, and I feel very grateful that in past episodes, Andrew has kind of just let me (laughs) talk about Ryan Adams and Bruce Springsteen, an artist that I know he has a passing interest in, but probably more uh my passion than his and he's been a very gracious listener and kind of just urged me along Mm, i don't know
1: about that i like i I like both of them i like well and
0: and i appreciate that and i and i hope that i i with without without sounding too didactic i hope like i taught you something about them or gave you some appreciation and and now it's absolutely your turn because this is going to be chill music 101 with uh professor andrew over there who i think (laughs) maybe doesn't want to claim his expertise too much but is interested in just kind of this emerging genre of chill if that's the right term for it and what that means he'll kind of break that down for us and i'm going to be playing the the student um who is a total novice at this and andrew sent me a few chill tracks to listen to over the last week and i've listened to them but I, i am in no way uh an expert but found them found them fun to listen to and um, I'm just going to turn over the, the floor to Andrew to kind of talk to us about what chill music is, how it came to be, what some examples it are, and we'll go through,
1: um, a few songs that, that he's kind of highlighted. Yeah. So, uh, to get started, I think this is a really interesting, um, distinction between Craig and I is that, um, since our college years, I've definitely trended towards electronic music while Craig has stayed the course in a more, uh, more rock driven music. So, um, so that's gonna it's gonna be cool to see what Craig thinks of this uh, of this genre. But let's get into what chill music is and uh, where it comes from. So first of all, chill music is an extremely large umbrella um, genre. It has so many subgenres. Uh, today is a lot like it used to be, maybe more so, where the genres just kind of blend into each other. And it's almost not really worth your time to get into subgenres. But we can identify a few pieces of chill mu- of music that makes it chill or that just kind of defines it as as you know part of the chill family if you will um so let's get into it so first of all chill music is primarily defined by a lower beats per minute than most other electronic music so if you think about dance music um avici uh david getta chill music is just going to be slower uh hands down uh the second one is it's um you know, this actually is for a lot of electronic music nowadays, but it's going to be very complex. There's going to be a lot of things going on. The bass is going to be bouncing around. There's going to be a lot of different synths. There might be a high percussion going on. Vocals are modulated. We'll get into a few of those later, but they all come together. They're all happening at the same time, and that's a really important aspect of this. It's just a lot. There's just a lot going on, and I think um, a clip that I sent, Craig, that really highlights this is uh, an artist called San San Holo. Um, And this song, uh, which I'll play real quick for you. That was a real quick clip of San Holo, where you just see the complexity, the loudness, the, the vibrance of it all. Um, I We would probably consider San Holo to be on the top end of the beats per minute. It's pretty fast for a chill song. Um, there's some subgenres that he's more uh, connected with, which is um, called Future Bass. Uh, we can get into all wow. these subgenres all you want. <laughs> but uh, Chill Trap, Future Bass, but um, it's a little bit faster, a little bit brighter. But um, you just see all the complexity coming. Um, another one is that, uh, the music is usually more sentimental. It's a little bit more inward focus as opposed to outward focus on the dance floor, dance floor type of music. Um, clearly there's gonna be a lot of electronic elements. You're not going to see a lot of, you know, lead guitar, rhythm, guitar, bass guitar style here. I think one great example of this is another, uh, song I sent Craig called, uh, by a band called Jack London, uh, this song. Here, I'm just going to sit, show you guys a real quick clip of this that'll show just the base and the base and the sense and just all the electronic elements that are involved. So as you can see there, there's a lot of bass. There's a lot of electronic. It's still relatively slow BPM. The BPM isn't too high, but uh, you know, it's just, it's electronic all day. Um, So that's another piece of chill. So what we talked about so far is we got the BPM, we got the complexity, usually some sentimental lyrics if if there are any lyrics at all, and it's largely electronic. Um, There are also a few other little tiny pieces that you'll hear in in a chill song. One is that the vocals, uh, usually are modulated. There's a lot of modulated vocals, so they'll go high or low, they'll be synthesized, or some, there'll be something on top of the vocals. It's usually not just a clear, straight up singer singing. I think a great example of this is one of my favorite artists. His name is Embers. I'm going to play you a quick 10 second clip of his song right now. vocals are all over the place. Um, They go high, they go low. There's always something on top of them. Sometimes they just jitter. Um, That's a big part of it. It really brings the focus more onto the producer or the the designer of the song as opposed to the vocals themselves. Um, It's kind of a cool little thing that you hear all the time. And once you notice that, you'll notice that all over the place. So the last one, which, uh, well, actually the second last one is that there's usually, and this is usually for more like chill trap, trap music. It comes from more of the rap trap um, style of music is that there's just like a high-pitched um, natural percussion sound. Uh, it's it's kind of hard to define, which I'm glad we're gonna bring a clip in here, but uh, you're definitely gonna hear this high-pitched like snap like a, or uh, a hollow piece of wood or something very high that's natural, that's in the percussion range that um, kind of brings the song together. A great example of this is a song by Golden Vessels. okay and lastly um we talked about this a little bit before but the last kind of defining quality that i think is in chill music is that the baseline is very active it changes it 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 goes away. It comes back. It kind of trips. It, uh, you, it's always there, and it's not just a four on the floor every downbeat type situation. So you got a lot going on. Um, This is very different compared to um, other songs like other electronic songs like Avicii levels, for example, the famous song that's uh, a few years old now, but was super popular. Where the bass is pretty much there all the time. It trips up with the bass a little bit, but the bass is the driving force. That really drives the song. And chill music, the, the bass is going to be all over the place. And so yeah, with that you can hear the baseline on another Ember clip by a band called Embers which I'll play for you right now. So that was really quick. I don't want to spend too much time on it, on defining what chill music is because it's kind of one of those things where I know when I hear it. But once again, you're going to get a lower BPM. It's going to trend towards very complex music, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of different types of synth through the song. A lot of songs sometimes change their complexion completely midway through. Usually it's more sentimental lyrics. The, The instruments are usually electronic. It pretty much always sounds like some guy on a laptop built it. You know, it didn't really happen in a garage anywhere. There's usually a trend towards modulated vocals. So you're going to get vocals that go up, that go down, that have filters on them. And you're also going to get these active bass line and kind of a higher natural percussion sound. So um, that's a lot to throw out at you guys. Craig, what do you, you have any thoughts on that? Um, does that sound relatively close to what you I mean, you're
0: it's hearing? it's it's supremely helpful to hear it broken down that way. I, I i came around i mean i i i've only been hearing some of the stuff you sent me for about a week and my first impression it really i I think that the the phrase you use is the active baseline i really struggled with that at first because it's just it's (laughs) so we're so unaccustomed to that is a is a music listener that the thing that i kept thinking of the the sort of analogy is it's like a musical strobe light like the stopping and starting and the pulsating and it's just even that term "chill," like I was sort of ready to swim around in this and to to put this on and and do work or kind of get lost in it. But with that active baseline, I mean, what that means is it stops and starts and pulsates, and it's very hard to. I mean, it, it's an active baseline, and it forces a kind of active listening. You can't ever tune it out because it's it's like a it's the inconsistency of the noise and the fact that it comes in and out. So I. It took a little bit to kind of learn that. And I think that the songs where that's really prominent, where the bass comes in and out and really fades between silence and not, the, and then, and then loud, like are just a little hard because they demand such full attention. And it's, it's hard to pay attention to anything else in the song when the line is that prominent. I think the San Holo song has moments like that. The ones mm-hmm. where the line was a little more consistent that I found that I, I could get a little more of an access point. I, I'm interested by this stuff. I mean, it, I, I wrote this, <laughs> the, it reminded me like of my junior year abroad that the one time in my life when I was studying in Spain and I like would stay out as late as I wake up now, like that was kind of what some of this stuff brought me back to. was just like, and I don't, I'm sure this is not the kind of music being played there, but I'm such a novice in this kind of dance chill genre that to me, this felt like the kind of stuff I could see, Coming out of sort of clubs in the late three, four AM hours, is people are exhausted or drugged out or just in strobe lights and in dark lights. Like it, it has some of that feel. I, I, am gonna keep kind of groping my way around this stuff, but I don't know. It it, 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 it. I liked most of these songs more with each listen, and I think, like a lot of stuff, some familiarity with it and some understanding is helpful. Um, I mean, you're using a language that's so different than than what what I'm accustomed to with music like you're talking about song designers and song editors and that's a t- a totally different skill set right like i i do, i just it's another i have no idea San holo is that one person is it three people like is are they taking existing sounds and and like i just I, I, it's hard to understand how this music gets made to me honestly
1: yeah so so there's two points there that i I would love to kind of discuss, which is first the, the active bass line. What I find interesting is you're right. The bass line is constantly changing. You have to constantly keep track of it. But if you think about it, a lot of the other elements of chill music also has that quality, especially the vocals. They're modulated. They're going up and down. They're go- they're coming. They're going. Um, the sense, obviously, although that's not really new to chill, but they are changing. They're, they're modulating over time. There just seems to be a lot going on in terms of, everything is shifting all at once it's like you know everything is fading and coming and going and i think that's a really interesting point you made to make about the active baseline and i wonder if that's maybe just a quality of every portion of these of every piece of these songs or if that's maybe a, a deeper i would argue that it's a deeper um maybe a deeper quality throughout the the chill music genre but to the other one about the um creating the songs i think that's really important to understand that the creation process is completely different to your point. Sandhello is, I believe one person, um, might be two, but I'm pretty sure it's one person. And I think, you know, they're making these songs in software using Ableton, these big software programs with these big software synths. And this is a completely different process, which I think shows in what comes out as the product. What do you think about
0: that? Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it does take some mental gymnastics for me to kind of think like, and it's weird that I would be in this position because I'm not a musician. Like, I, 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 of course I love music, but I have no, I don't really have any skin in the game as far as like defending the purity of music you can play live on a stage with something you can hold in your hand. I mean, that's my understanding of music and that's what I think of as kind of music. And I guess I am attached to some conservative idea of like, well, music should be something that you can create in front of people using something in your fingertips or something that you touch. But I mean, like so many things in the world right now, stuff is, is changing so quickly. And the fact that one person with a really sophisticated ear and some really expensive software, maybe not even that expensive software, could create such a massively complex wall of sound is some of the stuff that you sent to me is is mind-boggling and and i'm sure it takes incredible dedication and talent and skill that there's no reason qualitatively that should be any different than spending time learning to play the violin or the piano or the guitar but i have a little bit of a hard time like i feel the kind of mental leap over that river to be like oh it's yeah it's like it's just as <laughs> it's just as difficult uh, like there's something about that that i'm a little it's it's like making a great Book by pulling your favorite paragraphs from all your favorite novelists. It's like that seems a little cheap. Like I, I know that's not quite right, but I, I don't know. It's just I. That's it's a little bit of a mental bridge for me to. I think some of the distance I feel from this music is a lack of understanding of of how it's made and and what the talent level is like, or what what the skill set that these. I mean, the, the idea that they're sound editors or designers is a little different than
1: musicians. Um, my counter argument would be that I, you know, I've, I've tried this, I've tried making music electronically using Ableton and it is a skill in itself. And there's also been a lot of historically, a lot of songs that have really been made by the producer. I believe there is a one, um, Oh, I'm going to ruin it. But one U2 song, for example, they basically credit Brian Mm. Eno with making that song. So it's been around for a long time, and maybe we just haven't seen it straight up. Maybe one person didn't just have the capability that they have now. But I do think that that the producer and the post production has always kind of been there, and now some one person just by themselves just has the power to make these amazing things. And I'm all for it. I think it's great, and I think it's uh, on par with any other type of musical.
0: Well, action. I'll just say for the record, you you're, you you uh, you you are sort of self-deprecating there, but. There was a brief period where you sent me a couple of clips of, of music you invest with electronically, and I thought it was great. So, you well, you could yeah, have slipped one of those into yeah. this into this playlist for me. And I would if I hadn't known it was Andrew Zerris. Oh, I,
1: I think you would have noticed. But uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. But yeah, I mean, when you think about it, like when you think of David Guetta and you think of um, some of these other uh, big DJs right now, that are putting out the dance and dance music. And you look at their age; they're like forty five years old. So what have they been doing their whole life? They've just They've just been doing electronic through the '90s and 2000s when it was kind of a smaller genre, and they've just gotten really good at it. Yeah. So it's so they're just like PhDs in just sound design, which is kind of what you need to do. Yeah. Put a, no, that's
0: a good way to think about together. it. I mean, that one of the songs you sent me, and I, I think you played a, a short clip of this earlier, but is the the embers the that uses the 1975 um, the 1975 song mm-hmm. Somebody yeah. Else? I really liked that one and it was because it does this deconstruction of the vocals that isolates that vocal track that's a familiar vocal track that I already knew and as you said it just moves it all over the song so at it, it times it feels closer at times it feels further away at times it gets kind of garbled and lost and the other sounds other times it's kind of stripped and bare as if you're hearing only that that vocal track and maybe it was because I already knew those vocals and were sort of familiar with them that I loved hearing it Move around the rest of the sound, like um yeah. Maybe, maybe let's. You, what you want to take a listen to a little bit more of that one? Just get a full flavor of that. Yeah, I, let's take a listen. Yeah, I'll say that that one really worked for me. Like, and I, 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 I thought it was, it was really cool to hear the way the vocals get placed around the track. I, I, I like the 1975 song more upon hearing this. And I, I, I think also when I hear the 1975 song, I will be drawn to go back and listen to the Embers version. Like I, I, I love that they kind of work as companion pieces
1: in that way. Okay, so the last one, because I really want to know, is what you thought of San Holo, the the song Light. Light. very specific reason for the for the reason I want to know why this specific song. This
0: one grew on know. me. This one this one grew on me. Like I at this point I I like the song. I, I will listen to it even after we've sort of talked about it for the purposes of this recording. Like I I like I mean it's it's just like the repeated lyrics. What what is the line in the song over and over? Um I, I just, I just to want to see the light. Like yeah. I the first time I heard this, like if this is the first you sent me a six song playlist and I was like two minutes in and I was thinking this is going to be a rough 27 minutes as I work through this chill playlist <laughs> and like and like I, I can't do anything else because the, these songs are like so pulsating. Uh, but by the second or third time I heard this, I was kind of singing along like I I find those vocals really charming and it's it's i do appreciate that it's very different than most of the stuff i listen to during my day and there's something about the novelty of it and it's i I don't know where i would put the emotion of this song it's not i don't think it's a purely anthemic happy song but it's also it's kind of got a a a neutrality that lets i don't know it kind of meets you where you are in terms of your mood and, and i appreciate that about it
1: Yeah, so that's so interesting and i and i agree with everything you said the most int- interesting thing about this song is that I think San Hello is probably of the artists I gave you, the one that is kind of peaking right mm-hmm. now or is the most popular. So this is what I feel is a reflection of the most current um, flavor of chill or of this kind of music. So it's interesting that you like that. So maybe we'll get a con So this, maybe I'll just have to wait a few a little while and then I'll just. Come I mean, up. I guess
0: one one other question is and not that you need to be the absolute expert on this but how popular is this stuff like i just i i'm I'm in my own little niche of the music world and even there i don't know like are these major artists
1: you know i think that's a great question i mean i know that i think um san holo is getting a lot of good airplay the soundcloud his stuff is yeah i saw that song had like almost four million plays or something Yeah, that's 4 million, which is huge. So that's a a huge song. Some of these other ones have 300K, which I think is pretty respectable. Uh, 300K to 700K. A few of them have like 27. Oh, wait. This, oh, that was the Kygo song. I also sent you a Kygo song, which obviously is just going to blow up all the numbers because Kygo is Kygo. Um, I think most people would consider him Tropical House music as opposed to Chill, but I think Chill's close enough that it was worth um, adding but that had 27 million. Where do you hear about this stuff? Uh, you know, just SoundCloud SoundCloud is great cuz when you find an artist you like, then you follow them and it's a little bit like Facebook where they post yeah. you know, music that they like and then you find their their friends, you know, your friends' friends kind of uh, linking. But uh yeah, that's you know, just once you once you like music, it's easy to find the motivation to find it. Well, but I love learning about this stuff and like I I mean I
0: like these songs and I it's nice sometimes to just get an injection of something you really don't listen to very often, if, if only because it kind of opens up your ears a little bit and gives you a fresh perspective on what you do like or just might open... I, I, yeah, I, I really was glad to learn about
1: this stuff. Yeah, and just back to your point about, you know, I think we briefly went over um, some of the pieces of chill music. I think you're going to see a lot of these um, qualities in a lot of very pop music that's coming mm-hmm. out in the next year. There already is. I think the song... Song by Kiara a few years ago called Gold. Um, It was kind of pop, chill pop, but it was had a lot of chill elements to it. I think the uh, Chainsmokers' "Closer." If you haven't heard that song, you're you're not alive. It has 1.2 billion hits on YouTube. I think if you actually break that song down, you'll hear you'll be like, oh, that has a lot of chill elements to it. So we'll be seeing a lot more of this um, in the future. So it's good to know about.
0: Wow, that yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool.
1: You're spotting the trends for us. That's what I'm all about. For better or for worse. Okay, so let's get into Song of the Week. Um, Thanks for uh, letting me um, talk to you guys about Chill. I appreciate it. My pleasure. I
0: hope I speak on the audience's behalf there, too, for sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so what's your uh, Song of the Week? All right, I'm taking a
0: hard 180-degree turn away from uh, Chill music. (laughs) Chill in a different way, but (laughs) this is just, like, one of the quietest, simplest songs that is just, like, sort of a... a (laughs) it's so but it's lovely and it's and it's enchanting so this is a guy named chris staples um do you know him andrew by chance
1: no i haven't heard yeah of him.
0: i i he's he was new to me until like six months ago when i went to see uh rocky Vadalato and chris staples was his opening act and just one of the one of the nerdiest bands in a really lovely way like four guys like uh early 30s like in like sweater vests hard to tell if it was ironic or not but just like a guy who's sort of scraped it together in various bands over the years and played in in kind of emo punk bands but has been doing this quiet singer-songwriter thing on a number of albums and the song vacation is exactly what it suggests by the title it's about wanting a vacation and it's just a very simple he has this kind of sleepy voice um, and his idea of vacation is so simple. It's about like reading the book you've long been wanting to read and sitting around and walking up to a ridge and sleeping in. And there's just a really sweet piano line that comes in. And I just I I find this song sort of it gets you into its spell. And it's just so sort of sweet and understated and almost feels like a joke. But it's it's not. I think it's just very sincere and uh a real difference from the pulsating <laughs> active baseline of san holo uh so this is a song vacation by chris staples
1: What do you got this week? Uh, well, I first of all I love that song. It's so cool. Oh, you're you're so right on when you say that uh, you don't know if it's a joke <laughs> or not. Like you're like, there's parts where you're like, is this guy serious? Yeah, I think um, he
0: means it. After seeing him in concert, I think that's I think he does mean it as well. Just who he is. But, but, so but it, it can come across as almost yeah, faux ironic
1: or something. Okay, so for my song this week, um, it's by a band called Shogren. I that might actually be the wrong way of saying it. It's S J O W G R E N. The song is Now and Then. Um, I think uh, the band is a relatively standard indie band from the Bay Area. They had another hit called Seventeen about six months ago. You know, in this new world of singles, I think it's probably their second song that they actually um, sent out. But um, both have been really good. This song is one of those songs where it's just built entirely on its chorus and the chorus is so good that it just works. I think, um, honestly, when I listen to the song, sometimes I get a little lost in the verses. I kind of, kind of, lose where it's going or kind of lose interest in the song but then the the chorus comes in and just absolutely blows you away the chorus is really designed on this driving guitars and this kind of big i don't know if it's a mandolin or kind of the high end of a 12 string guitar that kind of brings you into the chorus that takes you away and the, the lyrics are great i think it's just it's just a wonderful little rock song yeah let's just take a listen right now this is now and then by Shogren. Now and then, by Shogun. Awesome. I don't, I don't, do do don't know them, but right? I, 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 I like what oh, I've heard. Okay. I'm, I'm definitely
0: gonna check that band out. I'm confused by their name, but um, I'll, I'll let that slide.
1: I might be completely wrong. It could be slow Slaug, I mean, I, I, I think you're I doing an admirable job, but that it's if you put a yeah, J, I, I, you, it's a strange yeah. <laughs> decision.
0: <laughs> well, andrew I gotta say this was a pleasure. Like I, you, you, you explain these things really well, and I. I feel less in the dark about what chill music means. I don't. I think the name is a little bit of a misnomer because it's kind of hard to chill with the bass like going in and out like this. But I've I've <laughs> I've beat that horse enough over the course of this episode. Um, but a poor name for the genre, generally, in my opinion. But some good music coming out of the genre.
1: Yeah. Well. And uh, thanks for listening. I think that the songs that you uh, definitely mentioned about the bass are on the much higher end of the chill spectrum. But with that being said, I completely understand. And uh, yeah, thanks again, I think we're going to uh, post most of the songs on the Spotify account um, that we talked about, especially the six songs that I sent Craig uh, involving Chill Music. They're wide-ranging. Some of them you might not even consider Chill, but I do think they have elements of it, and it's kind of a nice uh, blending of, of, of styles um, that we'll be adding to. Yeah. The yeah, that's the
0: Have You Heard This Spotify playlist if you want to hear the full tracks of any of the, any of the songs we've discussed. Previous episode songs of the week—it's all up there, and uh, we'll we'll be back next week. I don't know what we'll be talking about yet, but um, something to keep you interested. We hope. And thanks, Andrew. This is fun. Yeah. See you, Greg. Bye. Stop, go. Stop, go.